When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Real Vision Crypto. Enjoy today's show. Welcome back everybody to Real Vision. I'm your host today, Sergio Silva, known as Sergito and NFT World. I'm super excited to be here today with a friend and one of the OG uh, collectors in the space, Andrew Steinwald from Spermium. Andrew, welcome. Thank you so much for, for, for having me. Super excited to chat. Yeah, I'm really excited too. And you know, obviously we're recording this in the middle of a pretty, pretty terrible bear market, uh, not just in NFTs, but also you know, in the fungible tokens, space, uh, equities and stuff. It's not your first rodeo though. You've been in the space for a lot longer than, than many of the people that are now you know, most actively on Twitter. Um, but can you tell us more about when you started uh, how you got into crypto? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so journey started in 2013. I don't remember what month. I think it was later in 2013. I think it was towards the tail end. And I was reading about, I believe it was the Silk Road and how people were you know, buying these illegal drugs online. I thought that was interesting. But what was super interesting was that they were using a, a currency to purchase the, these, these you know, things uh, that was called Bitcoin. And I was like, that, that's, that, you know, that's so interesting and so weird. Um, so, you know, dove deep into that and didn't understand it, didn't understand blockchain. I, you know, I had no idea really what it was, what the potential was, but I thought, okay, I think this is going to go up. I think I, I can make some money here. Uh, I want, I want to buy some. So it, I started to purchase Bitcoin at $200. And then, you know, very quickly after that, it went, it rose to a, a thousand. I think it peaked at a thousand one hundred. And, um, you know, I thought I was like the absolute bee's knees. I was like, I'm amazing. I'm so smart. Like, this is what I'm going to do forever. So easy. And then like a week after that, it popped and went right back down to 200. I sold at the very bottom. So, um, you know, that was my introduction to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And really what that did is I, I, I thought for a long period of time, I said, you know what? Cryptocurrencies, you know, Bitcoin is, is a scam. There's no actual value to it. But uh, blockchain is a real deal. Because what I started to do is I started to dive deeper into blockchain and what that meant and what it was, what, what was possible. And when it, when it really did, you know, hook into me, I, I couldn't let it go. And I was like, this is going to be the future and became completely obsessed. So I actually, uh, you know, moved to the Middle East in 2014. Um, I actually dropped out of college, moved to the Middle East. Not, you know, not something I, I recommend anyone do. Uh, but anyways, that's kind of where my, my job took me. And um, I was working my job, which was actually uh, hospitality management for a Saudi. Uh, it was a large Saudi family that was involved in, in, in that business over in the, in the Middle East. And um, while I was there, uh, nights, and, nights and weekends was spent just diving into blockchain. I even tried to set up a, a startup out there that was a remittance provider, just because you know, living in Dubai, 90% of the population is, is from somewhere else. And on salary day, which is once a month, you'd have lines all, right, all, all over the block of people you know, trying to send money back home. And they were spending five to 10% of their paychecks just to send the money back home. I thought that was insane. I thought I knew the solution. I was like, wow, this is exactly what blockchain was built for. And at the time, 2014, I learned about Ripple and XRP. And, and I thought, wow, this is perfect. Ripple's whole use case is remittance. 
that's what it was back then. Now I have no idea what, like what's Ripple's <laughs> actual use case and what it does, but try to set up a, a company utilizing Ripple as remittance, as a remittance provider, um, ended up not working out 2016 and back in Chicago, which is where I'm from, tried to set up another business that involved blockchain. It was blockchain based accounting for local governments to track property taxes. And, you know, I very naively thought, okay, well, there's a lot, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things wrong with the world, but what we could do to help the situation a lot is bring more transparency to government spending. I thought, you know, we'll start with local governments. They'll utilize the software where the public can see exactly where they're spending. And, and we'll have all vendors that are government vendors uh, have crypto wallets. And, you know, so we'll be able to track all the flows and everything like that. Um, anyways, very naive, uh, did not end up working out again. Um, and realized that, that, you know, after that, I said, you know what, maybe I'm not this founder. What I should try to do is deploy capital to the best teams and to the best founders, because I know a lot about crypto. But, you know, I, I didn't know much about how to set up a fund, how to operate a fund. So I called my good friend, Dan Patterson. He was in, in Hong Kong working in, in private equity at the time. And uh, uh, he knew all about how to operate a fund, how to set up a fund. So we teamed up and you know, in, in uh, July 20, 2017, we launched Polynexus Capital, which is our crypto fund. Originally, it was a, a venture and liquid strategy. So going on both sides of the market, public and private. But what we realized pretty quickly was that, um, you know, there, there's so many, 2017 was a crazy period, right? Like it was, there's so many um, low tier projects, low effort projects out there. And it was quite hard to get access to the top 1% of deals. And, and, you know, we unfortunately, despite being so early, we didn't have access. So, so we thought, you know what, we're going to stick with the liquid only. And we're going to play in that arena because we feel like venture is a little too crazy right now. And we don't have, don't have the access. So, you know, we did, we did pretty well. We beat the market, but compared to our peers, we were underperforming and we didn't want to make just a regular middle of the road fund. We wanted to build something impactful and, and be impactful. So uh, what we decided was that, okay, we need to specialize in crypto. It's becoming so, you know, so broad because before it was just Bitcoin and it turned into crypto. And then, you know, then there was DeFi and now there's NFTs and, and so we realized that trend quite early that, that okay, there's going to be so many different niche, niches within crypto, and we want to go into one of those subsectors and become specialists. We want to become the experts at that subsector. So dove into DeFi 2018, realized not our skill set. It's a very kind of quantitative and technical skill set. Didn't really suit us. But luckily, due to my wife, she's been making a crypto themed painting since uh, 20, 2017. Uh, she got me really NFTs, and, and you know we, we were breeding crypto kitties together in December 20, 2017, and. I thought I was cool. She thought I was amazing. I was like, this is cool. It's, it's exciting, but I don't really see the bigger picture. For her, it clicked right away. And so she kept urging me, no, it's not just art. It's not just CryptoKitties. It's so much more. And so I didn't really listen to her, to, to be honest, until she said, hey, you've got to come to this conference with me. It's, it's called NFT NYC. This was now February of 2019. And I was already on the search for like this next new, this next niche that I could become an expert in. And, uh, and got, yeah, super lucky on that. And went to that conference. There was probably... 200, 250 people there total, right? And when I walked in, the energy and, and kind of, you know, the vibes, uh, it was, it was, it reminded me so much of early Bitcoin. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is really cool. I don't know what, I you know I haven't even talked to anyone yet, but I can just tell from the energy that something's going on here that's really special. And I feel like I'm going to learn it, learn about it today. And started to speak to everyone at the conference, try to figure out what's going on, you know, tell them about NFTs, what are they used for, et cetera, et cetera. And then I ran into one individual. His name is Jin or also known as Bird. And I don't know his real name. Uh, I've never, you know, I yeah, you know, don't know his real name. We, we've only met uh, that one time in person. And he changed my whole outlook on, on everything, essentially, because I felt like we were building up, crypto was building up something, you know, towards something bigger that was more than just financial use cases. 
and really he was the one who who kind of revealed to me what what it was and i spoke to him for four and a half hours at this conference like i didn't even attend any any of the speakers i was just totally enthralled in this conversation what he said was he said listen he said this in totally different terms but he's like listen 4.7 billion internet users that's a total addressable population here so if, if that were a country be the world's most populous country so great market size right that's huge very exciting but these people are all connected to a global and sensible 24 seven financial system, which is the crypto financial system. So, so the ease and the, and, and the cost of, of doing business is, is super, super low. And anyone can transact with anyone anywhere that just have internet. So, you know, you can be in the UK, you can be in America, you can be in Russia, you can be in, you know, Greece, whatever. It doesn't matter. You just be anywhere, transact. So the barriers to doing business were zero. That was really exciting. It was a like, huge market, barriers to business, zero. That's exciting. And then, you know, what he said was NFTs are, are, are the key missing piece here and they're, they're property rights for the, for the internet or property rights for the digital world or property rights for the metaverse. And I, you know, I was, I was kind of confused by that, but he was just like, listen, now you can create digital goods off of any single, uh, any single digital asset in the world. You can create into a tradable good and anyone can create that asset. You don't need to be an institution to issue this asset. It can be you and I right now can create digital goods instantaneously with just internet. And, you know, I was like user generated assets and property rights for the internet. Like, you know, I was like, that is wild. And so you triangulate those three factors. You're like huge population, most populous country, uh, you know, zero frictions of doing business and then property rights or user generated assets on the internet. This is going to be the world's largest market. And it was literally like I had an aha moment there. Like, oh my gosh, I remember like, this is crazy. This is, I can't believe it. I'm in the right time, right place, right skill set. Like this is all lining up perfectly. I started researching investing heavily when I got home, you know, personal capital, uh, set up Sofermion in September of 2019, which is an NFT focused investment firm entirely. And, um, uh, you know, set up a newsletter and podcast all about NFTs called Zima Red after that. Fast forward, uh, you know, till 2021, that's when things really took off in, in, in a much major way than I, even I anticipated. I think I'm on record on a podcast and it was like, I think September of 2020. And they're like, when do you think NFTs are going to take off? Because literally I was like, NFTs are going to be bigger than crypto. Crypto is just the money of the metaverse. NFTs are all the stuff, you know, the goods in the metaverse. And I sounded crazy at the time. And they're like, when do you think, well, you know, NFTs are going to make it big and hit big? And I was like, oh man, you know, it's going to take years, like probably five years. And so I got that, got that totally wrong, like totally incorrect timing. Um, you know, 2021 was really the year that I'd say not everyone in the world, but most people in the world with, with internet understood, okay, there's these things that are called NFTs. They're, they're digital goods and, and they're, they're interesting. They're exciting. They're, some are scammy, some, some are exciting. And, uh, but really it was just, everyone knows about them now, which is, which is incredible. Cause I, I would have never thought that even a few years ago, that that would be the case. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.